It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are getting closer and closer to the start of BYU spring camp, and the running back position for BYU is one apparently BYU is not concerned about inside the football program, but I am. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you for being with us. Uh, we are your original daily podcast, focused on all things BYU sports, and today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's talk some BYU football right out the gate on today's show. Uh, yesterday, we talked about BYU quarterback. Today, I want to talk about BYU running backs. Now, this is a position group for BYU traditionally that it gets overlooked because of quarterback play. When quarterback play is elite, for most football teams slash programs, you uh, seem to see, think running backs are an afterthought. But I think there was a glaring issue last year for BYU was their paltry running output until really the last two games of the regular season. Yes, offensive line play contributed to that. Yes, injuries to the running back room contributed to that. Yes, uh, overall uh, scheme and philosophy philosophy seemed uh, to play a role in it as well. But BYU did not make many, if any, moves in the transfer portal slash recruiting cycle to bring in bodies for this running back group that lost Aiden Robbins and Deion Smith uh, to graduation. In Aiden Robbins' case, he decided to opt to go to the NFL or chase his professional dreams after just one season in a Cougar uniform. So... That leaves BYU with a pretty interesting uh, group of running backs. I'll throw up this graphic real quick. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see it, but I'll describe it as well for those of you listening on our podcast feeds and what is essentially just kind of a layout of what the running back room looks like currently for the BYU Cougars. Uh, There are just six names uh, that I came up with in terms of BYU's running backs. Now, obviously, there'll be guys who are walk-ons with the football program. We probably slot into this room. There's another another athlete by the name of Nukulova Halu, who was a running back when he committed to BYU, was a running back to start last season, but then was moved to a linebacker midway through the year. Uh, It is TBD to see if he is back on offense when spring camp kicks off or if he's still playing defense at that point, but... Uh, that's one to keep an eye on. But really, the six names that I had on my depth chart for BYU start with LJ Martin. Now, LJ Martin was a four star prospect in the 2022 recruiting cycle, a huge pickup for BYU after he flipped from Stanford and opted to go to BYU. He very much showed his prowess and his ability early on during the 2023 season after uh, Aiden Robbins went down due to injury and there was uh, seemingly nobody else to really pick up the slack. LJ Martin stepped into the void and was very, very good. I think his best game, in my opinion, came against 
against Arkansas. He was very, very good in that game, and he showed the flashes of what I believe will be a future star back for BYU. But the question I've got right now about BYU's running back room going into spring camp is, is it LJ Martin and who? That That's the big question mark hanging over this position group during spring camp. Now, Miles Davis, a converted wide receiver who has had uh, opportunities in the past to really step up and earn playing time for BYU, is in the mix. Obviously, he is a guy that BYU would like to stay healthy because he has had numerous injuries during his time with the Cougars. Uh, at one point, uh, broke both feet in the same season in the same areas. He's just he's dealt with numerous and uh, crazy type injuries. If he's able to stay healthy, he is shown flashes of being a very, very nice complimentary back, and could he step up as the number two, the the Robin to LJ Martin's Batman? We will see. Number three, uh, Hinkley Ropati. Now, Ropati is a guy that I believe has got the ability to be a fantastic change of pace running back for BYU. Is he ever going to be a bell cow back? No, he's not. He's all of five foot six, five foot seven, uh, packs on up 215 pounds to that frame, and he's uh, legit just bowling ball full of muscle and sinew. But the thing about it is, he suffered an ACL injury at the tail end of training camp last year and was lost for the entire season. He's opted to come back, pursue a medical hardship, and he's back for one final season as a Cougar. Those three, speaking of LJ Martin, Miles Davis, and Hikli Ropati, are what I'm guessing BYU is expecting to lead the way for BYU at running back. And the concern I've got for all three of them is all of them have had injury concerns during their time at BYU. LJ Martin got dinged up midway through the year last year and missed some time before coming back and then playing second fiddle behind Aiden Robbins. I mentioned Miles Davis. Every single season he's played at BYU. He's now a redshirt junior. He's had injury concerns. The same thing with Hinkley Ropati. He's a junior college transfer who tore his ACL the same the first week he got to BYU originally a couple years back. He's just since I uh, said the other ACL injury this past training camp. So you've got three guys who have shown ability, but can you really rely on all three of them staying healthy for an entire season? That is a major question. The other running backs in the mix include Enoch Nawahine, a former transfer from Utah State, a walk-on with the BYU football program. We have seen him uh, during media availabilities be a very, very capable short yardage back when you need one or two yards. He can just put his head down and dive forward for that. Uh, the question is, is he able to do more than that? Has he got a, more of an expansive repertoire and an expansive uh, skill set that could lend itself to moving up the depth chart? Spring camp will be big for him to prove that. And then there are two incoming freshmen who are returned missionaries that BYU is going to start out at running back, but if it doesn't work out there, they have the capability of moving to other positions. Those would be Jovesa Mooney from Cash Valley, and then Pokai Awa Haunga. I think I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. I'm not sure a number of you, if I did not, will be sure to uh, point that out to me. But they are both uh, guys who in high school flash the ability to contribute in different ways. Uh, what I meant, what I mean by that is, is their ability to play wide receiver, running back, kick return, punt return. Uh, it didn't matter where you put them on the football field, even on defense. They contributed in meaningful fashions to their football programs. Those are good guys to have in a college football program, and the hope is that one of these two, Javessa DeMuni or Haunga or both, will emerge this spring and start to maybe show some of the flashes of what they're capable of doing for the BYU football program. My money's more on Haunga being able to do that because I believe he's been back a little bit longer from his mission uh, than a guy like DeMuni, but they're both going to be given that opportunity in spring camp to go out there and prove their worth and show the coaches that yes, I may be a freshman, I be maybe uh, recently returned home from a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I've still got the ability that you guys recruited uh, me to BYU for, and I want to go out and prove myself uh, to my teammates and also to the coaches. So you look at this group and you're like, okay, 
They're light on experience overall. They're light on terms of overall proven options. Hmm, what does this sound like? Oh, yes, it sounds like a lot of what we talked about uh, when we talked about BYU's quarterbacks not too long ago. That is the concern I've got about BYU's offensive backfield in general is that there are bodies there. There are a number of athletes at each uh, quarterback and running back position, but who are the quote-unquote dogs? Who is the Who are the guys who are going to take the bull by the horns and really be the leaders for each of these units? And in this case, in the running back position group, I, it looks like to me BYU is staking all of their hopes on L.J. Martin stepping up and becoming a Tyler Algier-type running back for BYU where he takes the vast majority of the snaps, stays healthy, and has a monster season for the Cougars. A monster season would probably would entail uh, somewhere between 800 and 1,000 yards. So th- can you count on that? Can you, can you, are you expecting him to take that leap this year for BYU? Well, if they are, they're going to uh, be short. I'm sure give him lots of time during spring, ca- spring camp to show that. But also... Aaron Roderick has stated that BYU has held two or three uh, roster slots or scholarships in reserve as they go into the spring portal period. I believe if they go through spring camp and if it's not LJ Martin, Miles Davis, Hinkley, whoever it might be, if one of those guys doesn't really step up and make the coaches think, okay, we're settled here at running back, I could very easily see BYU using one of those roster slots on a running back who enters the portal during the spring portal period, bringing them in and hoping that uh, just uh, through summer workouts and training camp that they can contribute to BYU. They're not going to go out and bring in a portal guy who is not capable of contributing right away because when you go to the transfer portal, especially especially in the spring transfer portal period, they've got to be guys who can come in and contribute from day one. And that's what BYU, I think, would be looking for if spring camp uh, causes them any concern for running back. But conversely, if these running backs step up and show that they are the real deal, well, then maybe uh, their bet on the running back position not recruiting it as heavily uh, during the winter uh, period uh, over the early transfer portal period, recruiting that type of stuff. Maybe the the fears that I have harbored uh, are unfounded. We'll see who's right in the end. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to flip over and talk some BYU basketball. What a wild game against UCF last night. We'll recap it all for you guys right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And the best part is they've got options across the board for whatever tickets you're looking for. they got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat inside the app, and the best price guarantee it makes the, takes the excuse me, takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It makes it as easy as one, two, three to get you to the event you're looking forward to going to and having a great time. You can see the view from the seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive at the venue. All-in prices show your total upfront. So you exactly what you're paying and you get a great deal up front as well from our friends at game time and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps inside the app and you're on your way to the event so take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with game time right now you can uh, download the game time app today use the promo code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase once again promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for twenty dollars off your first purchase from our friends at game time download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you for being everydayers with us right here on the podcast. Want to remind you guys to make sure you sign up for our Locked On Cougars Insider Group. It's in the show notes below. Uh, it's a, a, a courtesy of Subtext, is the parent company, but it's a way to interact with the show directly uh, via text messages that come directly to your phone. Uh, I can tell you this much: when we get out uh, into spring camp here in just a couple of weeks' time, I will be down there. BYU football availability, and the best part is I can whip out my phone and text you guys updates from the field. In Provo. If you guys want those updates, there's a 14 day free trial. It's $4.99 a month after that if you want to continue on. Love for you guys to be a part of it. It's another way to support the show in addition. And appreciate all of you for considering doing it. We've got a really strong group so far, nearly 65 subscribers and counting, and hoping to continue to add to that list in the coming days and months. All right, BYU basketball. What a wild game. 23 points in the final minute and change of this one as UCF staged a furious rally but comes up short as BYU gets the dub 90-88. to What an incredible, incredible game. Uh, it had everything. Incredibly long two-and-a-half-hour game because the officials just couldn't seemingly get out of their own way and were calling foul after foul after foul in this one. And It's not uh, one-sided at all in this game. It was actually fairly balanced, I thought, overall. But BYU comes out on the winning end, and that is the most important part to take away from this is, yes, was it frustrating? Absolutely. Yes. What Were the referees just absolutely out of their minds with some of the foul calls they're making and how often they were calling foul cards? Yes. But overall, what do you want BYU basketball to do? You want them to win basketball games. That's exactly what they do, and now they're 6-5. and five. They are a game over 500 in Big 12 play, and now they head to Stillwater, Oklahoma on Saturday with a huge opportunity against the bottom-dweller Cowboys to get to 7-5 and five in conference and very much be in the mix down the stretch here in the Big 12 Conference. That is the good news. Embrace that. It's a win. A win is a win is a win. And I say that often on this podcast in football, basketball. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If you're a BYU fan, you want to see your team have more points than the other team when the final buzzer, horn, whatever goes off. You want your team to be on the right end, and that's exactly what BYU was. Yes, could they have played better in this game? Yes. Could they have won this game much more handily than they did? Absolutely. But they got the job done. And the nice part was a uh, game after BYU shot 47% from the free throw stripe. They were 10 of 21 against Kansas State. BYU bounces back, making 40 of 46 free throw attempts in this game. Incredible. 46 free throw attempts. And by the way, the 40 makes for BYU, it's 87%, by the way. So it's a much better mark in terms of overall uh, makes. The 40 free throws made in this game tie a single game uh, program record for BYU. Absolutely insane with how many fouls were called. I'm looking at this right now. So it was 19, 20, oh my gosh. Okay, it was 46 fouls overall in this game were called in a 40-minute basketball contest. Like I said, it lasted over two and a half hours. The Big 12, no offense. They've got an officiating problem. And by the way, that extends out to all of college basketball. It is abysmal. These officials control the tempo and pace of games. They single-handedly influence outcomes of games. I'm not saying, I'm not conspiracy theorists. I'm not saying that they're doing that maliciously. But their ability to kind of just put a stranglehold on games, it's abysmal. Get out of the way. Let the players decide the game. Let the flow of the game. You don't have to blow your whistle every bloody time you come down the court. But I digress. 
It's a win for BYU. I like that. The best part is you had guys like Jackson Robinson step up once again, had some really, really big threes in this game, two of them late in the first half to stave off what ended up being a 12-2 run to get uh, UCF within two uh, with about it was a four minutes to go in the first half. He makes two big threes, one of them a 28-footer. They got fouled on. He makes the free throw, so he got seven points in the final few minutes as BYU uh, put it on an 11-2 run to take a nice lead into halftime. And in the second half, BYU was off and rolling. They built up as much. I think it was it was an 18- or 19-point lead at one point. But then to UCF's credit, they never say die. The Goonies a phrase, never say die. The Goonies never die. That's exactly what the UCF Knights were in this game. They refused to give in on this contest. And i got to give Johnny Dawkins and his crew credit. They're 0-2 against BYU uh, this season after BYU swept the, the series. But BYU got uh, their their work handed to them in this game. BYU shot 8 of 23 from 3, so 34.8% from 3 once again. Uh, they failed to get above 33-pointer uh, attempts. Uh, that'll, uh, as Mark Pope points out, uh, have Coach Fuger wanting to tear his hair out. But to BYU's uh, credit as well is they just hung tough in this game. They very easily could have wilted because UCF started making some ridiculous threes. I think it was a 12, 3 or 4 threes in the final minute of this game as they kept kind of just matching threes for free throws for BYU and executed how an end-of-game scenario should go uh, to perfection, just couldn't get over the hump. Uh, but to BYU's everlasting credit, they made the free throws necessary. Jackson Robinson, I think, made like five or six in the final minute to really stave off uh, UCF's hopes. And BYU gets the W, folks. They're 18 wins. Uh, the Athletic, a number of other websites out there have uh, put them down as a lock to make the NCAA tournament. And that's something to be celebrated as well. BYU is now officially, based on uh, all these projections, playing for seeding in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'll say it right now, and I've, I've been reading up on on this, if BYU gets a five seed or better, there is a very, very high likelihood they could be playing figuratively at home, and quite literally at home, uh, 40 miles north of Provo in Salt Lake City at the Delta Center for the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. That's what BYU needs to gun for at this point. That's why BYU can't afford to have slip-ups right now like this UCF game would have been. It's a quad-two win for BYU, so that's great and all, but you couldn't afford to slip up here. You especially cannot afford to slip up against Oklahoma State on Saturday either because, like I said, the Cowboys, they are the dregs of the Big 12 right now, and to say they're the dregs of the Big 12 is kind of a misnomer because this is a Big 12 conference that is very, very talented, very deep. Uh, Joe Lunardi, I think, is projecting currently nine teams of the 14 to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, his projections have had as many as 11, if I recall correctly, at some points this season. And who knows what the final weeks of the regular season are going to hold. But the nice part is, if you're a Cougar fan, is the Cougars are in the mix. They are firmly in the mix. They're above 500 in the Big 12 conference. How many of us, I'm pointing at myself, this is me last year, considering the notion of going into the Big 12 Conference when BYU was just piling up losses in the Big 12, not the Big 12, the West Coast Conference last year, I was considering the prospect of playing in the Big 12 last year, and I was like, oh my goodness, is there a chance BYU could go over in the Big 12? Well, astoundingly enough, they're above 500 in conference play, and that is just a gold star in the ledger for BYU. The job is not done. In fact, it is far from done for BYU because they're 6-5. and five. They're still 7 
uh, conference road games to go. You've got to handle your business here. You can still afford, you can still fall flat on your face. That's how talented this league is. But this is a week. This week, the, you got the win over UCF. Take that, pocket it, and now turn your attention to Oklahoma State. You're going on the road. It's going to be an earlier game. It's a noon a Mountain Time tip, if I recall correctly, on Saturday. So you got to deal with the body clock uh, issues of playing an earlier game. But you cannot afford to have slip ups at, at this point if you're BYU. You want to play in front of your home fans. You want to have a very pro BYU crowd in Salt Lake City. We'll get that five seed or higher if you if if you make a run here in the final seven games. You could push your seat as high as three or four, or maybe even two, if you were to run the table. But that seems a far cry from actually happening. But nothing's out of the realm of possibility for BYU right now. That's the good news out there if you're a Cougar fan. So, so embrace the fact that BYU is doing what they're doing. It's been really, really fun uh, to see the Cougars getting their opportunity and showing what they're capable of. This is far from a perfect BYU basketball team. Heck, I would love to see them get a 19, 18-point lead like they did against UCF. They also did it against Kansas State. And just put the pedal to the metal and stop allowing these teams to grind their way back into the contest. Take care of the bloody basketball. That's the other thing about this in this game for BYU. Would they end up with turnovers. 17 turnovers. The two games previous to BYU, I think BYU had a combined was it 14 turnovers in the two games previous to this one against UCF. Take care of the basketball. Value it. Learn how to attack pressing defenses. That's one thing that continues to fluster BYU. They finally figured it out against UCF and started attacking it better and got some nice buckets. Atiki uh, Ali Atiki had two very nice alley-oops off those. But you've got to be able to handle the pressure if you're BYU better. You continue to allow teams to hang around and grind their way back into these contests. Yeah, it's going to bite you in the rear end at some point here. And it wouldn't surprise me if it could bite them as soon as Saturday against Oklahoma State. When you build a lead, end the game. Run these fools out of the gym. This is a UCF team that should not have been in this game uh, looking at a 19 or 18 point lead in the second half. That's when BYU needs to essentially put the hands around the throat and say this game is over. Instead, they're still learning how to finish out these contests. And I'm afraid at some point it's going to catch up with them if they continue to kind of screw around here and allow these teams to make runs on them and it will bite them. I hope I'm wrong about that. I'd love to see them come out maybe against Oklahoma State on Saturday. they got Baylor coming up after that at home uh, a week from uh, yesterday, a week from Tuesday. I'd like to see BYU make it a, like an, a, an enjoyable game for Cougar fans. Think about that. How incredible would it be for BYU to build a big lead and say, yeah, this game's over and just run. Run, 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 and end the game at that point. It'd be fun to have that, but right now, that's just not the reality for BYU basketball. But overall, I don't want to come off too negative because it is a W. It's a big win for BYU. They're above 500 in conference play, and considering where BYU was this time last year as a basketball program, floundering in the West Coast Conference, uh, let's just embrace everything that's going on uh, with uh, BYU and enjoy the fact that they are getting the job done out there on the basketball court. So, uh, that's what I've got. I got. By the way, a couple of things uh, I've got uh, for you guys in terms of uh, listener questions. Jeremy Bickman, I've got three comments I want to read real quick. Jeremy Bickman has a good one. Uh, three things. Number one, Jerome Tang, Kansas State uh, coach, is right. Because of the way BYU plays, they let you back in every game. Number two, every game in the Big 12 is like a fight to the death. Yeah, I agree with that. And any W you get in the Big 12 is great. 
all salient uh, pertinent points. And appreciate that, Jeremy. Uh, next one, BYU Fortray a playoff bogey. He says, BYU isn't going to be the team that shuts the door on opponents early, and I'm okay with it. Unselfishness is BYU strength. Guys can sit on the bench for long stretches and come in and give a good and give good minutes. Uh, Tiki and Trey are those guys. Hall and Jackson Robinson sacrifice stats to get the win. Go Cougs. I appreciate that. Actually, that's a very good point there. And then the final one I'm going to read here is Kevin Gordon. BYU is ahead of schedule in the Big 12, no doubt. But if they want to make any noise in the tournament, Pope has got to find a way to get his team to play a full 40 minutes. Free throws tonight were on point. That was great to see. I agree. You're gonna if you're gonna allow teams to hang around. Guess what the NCAA tournament's all about? Survive and advance. You've got to play all 40 minutes, and there are lulls in seemingly every game BYU basketball plays right now where they do uh, have those scoring droughts, and a lot of teams to go on a run on them. And the style of play, as Coach Tang uh, pointed out on Saturday, it does allow teams to come back against BYU. You got to learn how to finish games. You got to learn how to just uh, put a stake in the heart of an opponent. That's, I think, the next step for this BYU basketball team. But all things considered, it's a really, really good place to be if you're BYU right now. Above 500 in conference play in the best basketball conference in the country. Let's celebrate that fact. All right, coming up here in a minute, we're going to wrap up today's show going back to BYU football. Some former Cougars getting the opportunity to go to Indianapolis to participate in the Underwear Olympics. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, my friends, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Simple as that. It's $150 if your bet wins. It's really, really simple. The best part is you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams, as well as college basketball players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props to FanDuel, uh, over-under on uh, individual player stats, money line, uh, the spreads, whatever you're interested in, FanDuel's got the options for you, my friends. The best part is you can visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot today. Once again, get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 bet courtesy of our friends over at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to remind you guys that Locked On is first Locked On the podcast network has launched the first ever national sports twenty four seven streaming channel on YouTube, and now it's also available on app Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is what the title of it is it's here for you twenty four seven covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league across the sports universe. Find Locked On Sports Today available now on the free Fire TV channel app and also on YouTube. All right, before we go on today's show, BYU had three former Cougars invited to the NFL Combine uh, be taking place in Indianapolis, where it traditionally t- has taken place uh, since I was born. I think it moved there in 1987, the year I was born, crazily enough. Uh, there's been some talk about the NFL taking it around the country, kind of what they've done with the NFL draft, but 
you know what? The, the Indianapolis built Lucas Oil Stadium with tunnels connecting the multiple medical centers and the hotels, the convention center there in Indianapolis. Don't move it away from something that's been purpose-built for it, but I, I digress. Uh, the bigger point is three former Cougars are going to get their opportunity to go out and work out in front of uh, NFL coaches, executives, scouts. Uh, they will just get everything tested, poked, prodded. Uh, they'll run, they'll lift, they'll do a jump, they'll do all the different tests that are required of them as the, at the so-called Underwear Olympics. And the three former Cougars that got the call include Keaton Slovis, former BYU quarterback, Kingsley Suamata'i as an offensive lineman. He was all but assured of that. And then Ryan Rico, BYU punter, one of just two punters invited uh, to the Combine. I think that shows a mark of what Ryan Rico is uh, capable of doing in the NFL because uh, typically when you're invited to the NFL Combine, you have what they call a draftable grade. That means enough teams think that you are capable of being taken in the seven rounds of the NFL Draft that you are being invited uh, to go and work out for all 32 teams and have everybody look at you as close as they want to and get a look at that. There are two guys in particular that I'm stunned are not there. Those are Isaac Rex and Eddie Heckard. Eddie Heckard was on this podcast, I think it was in training camp last year. I had a one-on-one with him. You can go back and find it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And he pointed out the fact that he decided, because he had uh, announced that he was going to go to the NFL last year after leaving Weber State. Then he decided to renege on that and decided to transfer to BYU. I asked him straight up, why did you come to BYU? BYU. He said, talking to NFL scouts and, and the like, they told him that they wanted him to see him go to a higher level, in this case, go to the Big 12, and show he was capable of playing at that level. They said, you've proven everything you need to prove at the FCS level. We want to see you play against the best of the best. What does Eddie Hecker do? He comes to BYU, has what he's admitted on social media was his finest season in college football. I would say it absolutely was his finest season in college football. And then he doesn't get any love from the NFL Combine. It makes Makes zero sense. And it's not to say it's a death knell for him in terms of his NFL opportunities because there are multiple guys who don't go to the combine annually that will get opportunities in the NFL, whether it's they get drafted after going through pro day workouts or they just simply uh, grind their way through as an undrafted free agent and just find a way. But Eddie Hecker deserved to be in Indianapolis. The other guy I'm stunned that's not there is Isaac Rex. Uh, Isaac Rex, yes, he's older. Yes, he's had multiple injury concerns. But there is no better place to go and show that you're capable than the NFL Combine. There are a lot of other talented tight ends out there. There's obviously uh, Brock Bowers is the leading guy, the two-time Mackey Award winner, the All-American, Mr. Everything at tight end. Sure, he's an absolute freak. But Isaac Rex, uh, I think, deserved, after what he proved capable of at BYU, he deserved to get that opportunity to go to the Combine as well. Get tested out. Make sure that ankle's 100% healthy. I'm sure there'll be NFL teams calling and getting the medical records on that. It would have been a great opportunity for him to get to Indianapolis, go to the medical centers there, the doctors that are all over that place, get checked out, and make sure that ankle uh, squares up with what some people want. Other people probably will red flag him, as they say, and say that they will not take him because of the injury history, and especially in that ankle that he uh, compound dislocated against USC a couple of years ago. But those two deserve to be in Indianapolis. Yes, I'm very happy for Keaton Slovis and Kingsley and Ryan Rico to get their opportunity because all three of those guys, they're very much capable, but it felt like there should have been more guys given the opportunity to go to Indianapolis and show what they're capable of to NFL scouts. So uh, congratulations to Keaton. It's really cool to see him after suffering that injury uh, midway through the year and then not uh, playing again for him to get that mark. And then also uh, Kingsley Suamata'ia, can he prove himself capable of being a first-round talent? Or is he going to be a second-day guy? Who knows what the combine is going to hold for him? He's got to go out there and prove what he can do on uh, the, the workout circuit. And then Ryan Rico, show off that monster leg. 
Just just go out there and bomb it. Bomb howitzers. Uh, am I saying bomb howitzers? That's the wrong term. But just go out there and just nuke the, the football. You did very, very nice things at the Shrine Bowl, and uh, there were reports out there that the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were intrigued by what Ryan Rico brings to the mix. So I'm hopeful that all three of these guys represent BYU well at the Combine, get their opportunity in the NFL, and then I'm also hoping that guys like Eddie Heckard and Isaac Rex, and even extending that out further, Aiden Robbins, Max Tooley, uh, Paul Miley, um who else am I thinking of? There, there's so many guys on that list of uh, former Cougars who want to go play in the pro ranks. Well, I hope they get their shot. And then maybe some of them are going to end up playing in the newly uh, United UFL, the United Football League, uh, to prove themselves. But go out there and do BYU proud. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing them do, and we'll see how it all pans out uh, in the end. All right, there you go. That's what I got for you guys on this Wednesday edition of the podcast. By the way, Happy Valentine's Day to you all. Hopefully you guys uh, both uh, took care of the ones you love as well as got taken care of yourselves. So I uh, hope you have a fantastic holiday. We will be back tomorrow uh, talking more BYU sports, doing more position group previews. Uh, we'll probably we did two offensive positions so far this week. Maybe we should do some defense. Maybe we'll talk like safeties or linebackers tomorrow on the show. So tune in and find out uh, what we're looking at tomorrow. And obviously we'll continue to get you ready for BYU basketball as they get ready to head to Oklahoma State on Saturday. So until then, thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you for being everydayers right here on the podcast. And until tomorrow, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.